Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Kyron Collective. I'm your host, Derek. I have got my good friend and author, Noah Heisman, here with me. And uh, so we're going to talk about something that I think that it's going to, this, this topic is really going to resonate with pretty much everybody. It may poke people in the wrong way, but I think a lot of times when we get poked in the wrong way, it's probably something that we just haven't tapped into or had the guts to really dive into, if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> yeah, it definitely it definitely makes sense. Um, I think that uh, what we're going to talk about today is something that I've struggled with in the past for mm -hmm. sure. And Same. It's, I think... What you're saying when you say it will poke you is that there's a certain wounding part of it that comes with examining your life and your habits mm -hmm. and truthfully looking at where you are and where you a lot of times we know where we need to change um and it's our willingness to to look with unblinking eyes mm -hmm. at some of those flaws and be honest with ourselves that hurts it's prideful um the temptation is to get defensive and close up. Yep. But if you can sort of stay in that uncertainty, anxiousness, uncomfortable, <laughs> wounding place, um, what's on the other side of it is something beautiful. I think uh, certainly was my experience mm -hmm. um, when we sort of examining my life through the lens of what we're gonna talk about today. Yeah, I think I'm kind of going through that right now. Like I've got, we've got a lot of things that have happened this year, a lot of good things that have happened, but there's been some hiccups in terms of my own personal personal life, in terms of like training and working out and all that good stuff. Um, we're just kind of facing a few obstacles, which is okay, because it's expected. But, um, you know, the biggest thing for me is like, the reason this whole topic came up is I, I came across a, a quote from a movie. I can't remember what the movie is. It's uh, It's got Chris Pratt in it. I love Chris Pratt. You gotta love Chris Pratt, dude. I love Chris Pratt. But I bet you all the girls on this are gonna be like, yes, he's so he's so cute. Um, but <clears throat> the quote kind of goes like this: it's a conversation between two people. And it goes on, it goes, You're not where you want to be. You feel like you're supposed to be somewhere else. And the gentleman says, Well, you said it. And it goes back. He says, well, say you could snap your fingers and be wherever you wanted to be. I bet you'd still feel this way. Not in the right place. The point, the point that I'm getting at is that you can't get so hung up on where you'd rather be that you forget how to make the most of where you are. And the gentleman replies, said, what are you telling me? He replies back and says, take a break from worrying about what you can't control and live a little. So then that led in the conversation of talking about systems versus goals and lifestyle versus sprinting and living with authenticity. Yeah. Um, the, I wish I could remember what movie that's from. Chris Pratt has a very limited. He hasn't been in that movie. It was like a space movie. Okay. And I think it's got Jennifer Lawrence in it. Yeah, I, I know exactly what movie you're talking about, but. Uh, I can't remember the name. I'm not going to dwell there. Um, but anyway, going back to the premise of the conversation, um, I mean, it would make sense right in the context of a space movie because I have a good friend in Austin who just wrote this book um, about, uh, it's called Ellie and the Earth. Mm -hmm. And it's about this little shout out, Mike Lee Jelly. Um, and 
it is it is all about how we keep looking for like we're making progress towards going to Mars, towards going to space. And there is kind of just this looking elsewhere, everywhere, except for where our feet are for like the next step. Yep. So it's sort of like built into us, built in our DNA. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing that we're doing this exploration, but um, it's kind of, it makes sense that this would come up in the context of a space movie of exploring space when there's so much of our own sea we don't even know about. True. Right? Like, what do they say? Something like 90% of the, the ocean is unexplored or something crazy stat like that? It's pretty crazy. Like, the two things that fascinate me the most in the world is, is, is space and the ocean. Yeah. Because there's so much unknown. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's like, that's kind of like how we are too, though. Oh, 100%. So I, I think, I think um, <clears throat> it's always funny to me. Funny maybe isn't the right word, but um, how much the things that are happening internally get projected externally. So like our tendency to explore space when there's so much of the sea unexplored is mirrored at the individual level when there's so much of ourselves unexplored. Mm -hmm. And instead of going inward, we go outward and looking for something new. Yep. So instead of sort of mapping what's already there, we're on to the next thing. Yep. And um, that, that kind of ties into the whole lifestyle versus sprinting. Yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. We sprint. Like when we when we don't find find what we're looking for, we tend to sprint to the next thing. It's like, oh, what's next? What's next? It's like people that go from phone to phone. It's like, oh, the new phone, the new phone. And then there's another phone. And then there's another phone. It's like we don't, I'm not saying that, the, I mean, obviously the, the technology gets better. So of yeah. course you're going to want this something new. But like, we can't j- keep jumping around thinking that it's going to be the grass is greener on the other side type of thing. Yeah, hundred percent. There's this, um, a few things that it makes me think of, uh, on Tim Ferriss's podcast, he often asks people at the end of his podcast, um, if you could put anything on a billboard, what would you put on a billboard? And there's, I believe it's Derek Sivers. He asked Derek Sivers what he would put on a billboard and what he would put on a billboard is it won't make you happy. And so, it's something I've really been wrestling with in terms of crafting my New Year's resolutions or falling in the routine of creating goals for the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's an achievement at work or a possession of a thing or a trip or progress in some capacity, like towards some earthly material thing. Yeah. It's dispelling this notion that it's going to make me happy. It's like yep. if you start with the premise, it's not going to make me happy. Right. So like that can't be why you're after that goal. As you set up your new year's goals, can't be, Oh, that thing's going to make me happy because you're going to get there and you're going to find the happiness is fleeting. Yep. So we have to do instead, you were talking about like what I think, what I've come to try, how I've come to think about structuring my life instead of making these goals primary where you bend and twist yourself and maybe, um, sacrifice in certain areas of your life to achieve those goals the goals have to be secondary in my opinion to the process to the systems to the way of living yes that over the long term sort of you scale the mountain slowly it's that infinite game it's the mountain without a peak 100 percent um and that's that's what i've really been struggling with is like yes goals are good for direction i truly believe that because um Seneca is a Stoic, a Roman Stoic, and I, I guarantee he'll come up a few times on this podcast, but he talks about if you know not to which port you sail, no wind is favorable. So goals are good for a direction. 
right? Like that, you yeah. need you need a direction, but at the end of the day, um, all there is is the process. Yep. All there is is your day to day life. There's no goal met without the process. Hundred percent. Without sustainability, if, with realistic some realistically creating something that's sustainable. Yeah, and and if and if you live your life sort of only oriented by goals, you're gonna live your life empty. Mm -hmm. and you're just gonna constantly be feeling empty. And I, also, I I mentioned Seneca already once, but I think I mentioned this to you yesterday. There's this concept of should have recorded yesterday. <laughs> yeah, there's this concept of um, hell here, heaven there, and and this idea that the grass is greener on the other side. Like the grass is never green here. It's always somewhere else. Yeah. Happiness is never here. It's always somewhere else. Peace is never today. It's tomorrow. Right. And it's all contingent. It's contingent. Your happiness hinges on your achievement of these things. Um, and so you find yourself empty. You find yourself not happy. You, you we have such a victim. Like I, I fell into this so much where I was like, I deferred my happiness and peace. So I was like, I can't wait to go on vacation because then I can relax, then I can be at peace. Yeah. I can't wait to um, retire and then I'll write. I can't wait to um, accumulate enough money where I can feel financially free and, yeah. then, and, and then I'll own a business, then I'll own a gym. And so slowly by slow, like bit by bit, you start to realize one of my favorite verses of Proverbs is uh, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is the tree of life. Ooh, I like that. That's good. And so it's, it's go back to in Seneca, the Stoic, he says, the fool for all his faults has this also, he's always getting ready to live. And so we're always, we're constantly deferring these things we want to do, the way of living, because we're pursuing something, like it, it's always contingent on achieving one other thing, so on, on doing something else. Um, before it's I lose the thread, I, I don't want to go on a monologue here, but um, just to wrap it all into one package, going back to Seneca again, who knows, it'll be the fourth time I'm quoting <laughs> it. Um, but he, he, he talks about this process of, of um, constantly thinking that our peace and happiness lie elsewhere. And um, this idea that when you go on a vacation, when you go do something else, when you move to a new city, when you start to a new job, um, how shocking is it to find that you bring yourself with you, right? So, so the same things. If you have a if you have a tangled soul, no no vacation is going to untangle it. Yeah. If you have weeds in your mind, no no escape is going to clear those weeds out. Band aid. It's this idea that that he Seneca says the malady moves with the man. So the the the, the same things that are stopping you from being happy now are going to be with you wherever you are. Yep. And so it's like if you just if you just stop and realize all there is is the process. No destination is going to make you happy unless you can be happy here and now. And you like start with that as your foundation. Then you really start to take that hard look at your life of like, okay, what is it about my lifestyle that is infecting my mind? And like, what is it that I need to change here and now? The Latin is sick et nunt here and now. Mm -hmm. What do I need to change here and now so that I can be happy wherever I go? And then, and then vacations become not an escape; they just become an amplification of life. Something that you experience-giving activities, as opposed to your savior, like yeah. as opposed to the thing that that as opposed to living a life you need a break from. Yeah, there's a lot of that.
Like specifically coming talking about like all the people that are like, oh, it's like just gonna it's new year, new me, and I gotta create this, and it's like it's already been created. People don't get that. Like everything that you're chasing after, it's already in you. It's just a matter of like diving into that. Like what we what you were talking about earlier. It's like people need to stop waiting for the right time, like waiting for retirement, wait, waiting for you know the vacation to finally relax, and they just need to do it. Like there's no better time than the present to go after something that you really really want. Like is it going to be difficult? Most likely, anything worth doing is going to be difficult. But if you stop waiting and actually go after the things that you want with 100% commitment to it you'll find what you're looking for but people are so scared to do that because there there's the unknown just like we don't know yeah. you know space there's things we don't know in space things we don't know in the ocean it's the unknown that keeps fear in people and as far as i'm concerned coming coming into the you know coming into the bible it's like jesus didn't give us the spirit of fear like he is 100% with us I think, all the time. I think some variation of like do not fear is the most mm-hmm. cited thing in the Bible. Yes, because Jesus 100% did not give us a spirit or a heart of fear. He cast out fear. And I don't know, just that's that's kind of how my mind has been processing all the things that I've been going through. It's like, yeah, you can have those. I heard this quote the other day. They're like, "You know what? You get 5 minutes." You get five minutes to complain, moan, cry, whatever, and then you have to move on. Like worrying about the things you can't control will keep you in a depression. Will keep you anxiety ridden. Will keep you just stuck. Yeah. And if people can, I don't want to like. get under anybody's skin a little bit but it's like there's there's too many people that I know that almost like talk themselves into a depression. Yeah, there's a uh, Seneca again. Seneca again. No, I was going to say, uh, I was going to say it before you said it. Yeah. Uh one of the, <clears throat> And it's completely yeah. real by the way. Like depression is a 100% real. No, it is. It is. Um <clears throat> so I like as somebody uh, <clears throat> who has struggled I would say most of my life with a, a more tendency towards melancholy is what i call it um but not not like full blown depression other than like one time in my life probably like 3 years ago um but just just generally um being a very cerebral person pessimistic by nature yeah um and then obviously going through law school that teaches you to see the worst case scenarios and everything. And so you start for you start seeing the world through the lens of what could go wrong in this very fear-based way of looking at the world. So that's why stoicism was so such a remedy and such like so therapeutic for me is because that's a lot of that it was cognitive behavioral therapy before that existed as as a behavioral practice. Yeah. And they were doing it in ancient Rome. But anyway, Uh, that's beside the point. Seneca says, "We suffer more in imagination than in reality." So it's this idea that like all of these monsters were of my own making. Mm. In in all of these things that could possibly go wrong. Um 
I can't remember who said it, but it's like all, um, I, I, I suffered, it's like I suffered, I suffered at the hands of a lot of troubles, most of which never came true. It, I just butchered that, but it's that same concept of, um, you can talk yourself out of anything if you allow that voice of fear, uh, to create monsters before they actually appear. It's right. like, um, in the Bible, the verse about consider the lilies, um, and it's like, like considers that they, they toil not, neither do they spin. Yeah. Um, and like sufficient unto the day are the evils thereof. Yeah. So that idea of, of there's enough problems today to take care of. You need not concern yourself with the monsters that exist only in your imagination. If you take action towards something that you want to do towards bringing your life more in alignment. If you want to be a writer, just start writing. You don't mm -hmm. like, like if you want to own a business, like, Start writing Explore, out open you yourself want. yeah open yourself up to the possibility <laughs> start having those conversations yep. um start talking to people about it i mean that's how i became a gym owner up in minneapolis was uh i just started telling people making it known in the minneapolis community that that's what i wanted to work toward yeah and then within two months the opportunity presented itself and then i had another decision to face was i going to pay off the rest of my student debt or was i going to invest in this gym that i always wanted to do now, uh, that was a, every bone in my body was saying the fear-based response was saying, pay off your student debt, pay off your student debt. This is yeah. the pandemic. This is COVID. This gym's not going to survive anyway. Don't do it. Yeah. Like do the safe, take the safe route. And it was honestly one of the most healing things I did to say no to that voice of fear mm -hmm. and say, no, I'm okay if I lose all this money at the end of the day, because what I'm doing is like, this isn't an investment in my dreams. This is an investment in myself because I was really meditating a lot on that hope deferred makes the heart sick and how just in conversations, when I started podcasting with my buddy Connor, I felt like I was just talking. I like, I was caught myself talking more and more about how much I wanted to own a gym one day, but it was always one day. Hmm. And I was like, I would listen, we'd listen back to the podcast and be like, my passion is right. Like what I want to do with my life is right in front of me. Like I've been having these conversations come up over and over again, but I wasn't listening. And so I, when I finally decided to sort of listen to myself and be honest with myself about like too often, it gets so easy to be like, I don't know what my passion is. I can't like, how do I find my passion? I would argue that you already know what it is. Yeah. You're just not listening to yourself. You're not watching yourself. Like, what are the things you're constantly telling people you want to do one day? That's it. That's a pretty dang good place to start. And then you experiment because it, sometimes it is the grass isn't greener, right? Like sometimes, and that's the tragedy sometimes when people put their lives off until retirement, just to find that the thing that they thought they would love, they don't actually love. Mm -hmm. It's like, just, I, I don't yeah. like. Let me make waiting. sure this is still going. Oh, did it die? No, it didn't die. Is it dying? Okay. Yeah, I think it only records like a half hour at a time. We're good. Same. Mine does the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's, I mean, I just, it's, if I could, if I could put something on a billboard or something going into the new year, it's like, I would just, I would love, one, I would ask people to think, and I'm trying to do this in my own life. Like 
as you write these goals for the next year, this totally comes into being authentic. Yeah. Yeah. This, this bleeds into like, how do you live a life of authenticity? And I think that word is very confusing and overused in today's world. Like when I, when I say authenticity, what I, what I mean is, um, how do you, how do you live? It, there's this con Carl Jung called it individuation. Abraham Maslow called it actualization. And in each case it's, it's this thing of, of how do you cultivate and become what you were uniquely designed to become to the maximum effect possible and not let the ways of the world, the things that you pick up, the distractions, the people whose approval you're looking for, the expectations of the world, how do you not let those things bend and twist your soul? Like if, if it was as pure as the day you were born before society got its hands on you, mm -hmm. what would your expression look like? Gosh, it'd be so different. What would your authentic expression look like? And it's like, so, so as I've been trying to really focus on that in my own life, I mean, it, it was a, it was a huge, 2021 was a huge momentum builder in that respect for me as um, I sort of pulled back from work, left my law firm where I was working a crazy stupid amount of hours and it was pushing my authentic self to the fringes and I wasn't pouring into my passions as much as I wanted to and the things, my unique gifts and talents. Um, and so like removing that, now I've created this space that's, we were talking about this yesterday too, of like this, like, is there room in your heart is the first question because you have to make room um, for that stuff. Otherwise the world is going to crowd it in. It's going to pull your direction in every which way. You can't and, grow like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, yeah, that's like classic. It, the weeds crowd out the sun and don't like, if you don't have space for yeah. your flower to grow through the ground, then it's not going to grow through the ground. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, but, but with the, this is a very long winded answer to get to what I was even trying to say with as people start to, to craft their goals and think about their goals, I guess what I would ask is like, if like, if you write down your goals, go through each one and honestly ask yourself, who is this goal for? Like, who am I trying to impress by achieving this goal? Mm -hmm. And for most of my life, the answer to all of those things that I would have been honest to myself would have been the approval of my parents. It would have been my romantic interests. It would have been everybody except for me. There would have been very few things on that list that I would do if I was the only person in this world. Yeah. Like how many things on that list are contingent on other people either seeing you, seeing what you have, seeing your title, seeing like all of those things. And, and my goals are, it's hard, it's very hard to come up with goals that don't fall in that category. 100%. I mean, like speaking, speaking from like a gym perspective, like most new year's resolutions, like they're, those goals are aesthetic related and it's, it's, it's because of social media, a lot of it, maybe, you know, like what they've seen on commercials and things like that. And, 
it's created such, such just a negative view on like what the female body was supposed to look like. I was talking to a member yesterday and, you know, I started talking to her about how difficult it is for women to really lose weight and why they get so hung up on, I have to lose weight and how hormones play in all of these things. Like women can swing seven, eight pounds without even blinking an eye, like from day, day to day. And we just started, we got in a whole mess of mess of things. But <clears throat> a lot of the times, like you were saying, with these goals, there's n- there's not a lot that really comes down to this is 100% for me. You know, maybe it's like a spouse. It's like, oh, I just need to lose 20 pounds so my husband loves me more. It's like, dang. Like, that's, that's like how your life, like your love life is. Like, that's pretty crappy. Yeah, I mean, it. I want to be careful because it's like... Um... I mean, we were talking about it earlier, but I mean, goals are good for direction. They are. Um, And I think they're helpful insofar as they point you toward toward this process of actualization and individualization and authenticity that we're talking about of where it's like um, who you can be like, like and that's the other point I was going to try to get to before I my mind went down a rabbit hole. Um, this is idea that, that my request for myself and for anybody listening would be when you come up with your goals to think about one, ask yourself how much of your current life, how much of your every day is spent living in alignment with your core values. Yeah. That's, that's question one. And I mean, because oftentimes I felt like this when I was at my law firm is just like for most of my day, I felt like I had a, I was playing a role. Yeah. That I had a, a mask on that I was being something other than myself. There were pieces of me that I had to hide that I couldn't shine through. And so what I tried to intentionally do last year was ask this question of, okay, if we each have this sort of deposit of time that we have for each day and my soul was calling shots it was the one that that could budget my time yeah how would it reallocate my time and so it was like like it was the answer i came up with was redistributing time from the periods like i was working too much so it's like taking some of that time and slowly redistributing it to things that felt like an outflow of who I was as a person Yeah. and making more and more of my time, what I'm doing, how I'm spending my days being an outflow of who I am. And so it's that bringing your life back in alignment with your core values. And so mm-hmm. if you must create a goal, what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to do in my own life is at least create ones that bring and keep myself into alignment. So if, it, if it's a, so like, for instance, it's for, for me, it's writing more because that's when I feel the most myself. Yeah. Um, it's working out, but like spending a little bit more time on, you know, not just like getting in and getting out, but it's the holistic, um, you know, the warm up, the workout, the cool down, sauna, cold tub, like the whole package where it's not. I'm not thinking about like, oh, I have to go do this other thing. Yeah. Like I'm not rushing through it. 
Yeah. And it's this total just like living in the moment and structuring my days that can be repeated in a way that can be repeated every single day the rest of my life. All of which sort of just this constant elevation of my spirit and myself and um making sure you're not living two different lives yeah exactly yeah because exactly. i think that's a lot of that that's what happens to a lot of people like they they wear one mask in front of people but they do a completely different thing behind closed doors i'm i've been guilty of it like where you know like i've always been the type of person where it's like i can eat whatever the heck i want and i don't get a problem I could eat fast food a couple times a week. I'm not gonna gain anything. And I'll still look fine. Yeah. It's annoying. I know everybody on here is like, yeah, screw you. And I and I get that. I get I get where that struggle is. But like coming kind of tying into back to what we were talking about earlier was this is truly about the process of creating a lifestyle and not so much on the end goal of getting to the weight loss or the muscle gain. Like you don't get any of that or the goals that you're searching for without the process of, okay, I'm gonna wake up. I am going to wake up at least a half an hour earlier. So I give myself time to actually make a good meal. Or you know, at, at four o'clock, 4.15, non-negotiable, at least four times a week, I'm gonna get a, a workout in for an hour, half an hour to an hour. And you know, I'm gonna go to bed or whatever. Maybe, maybe it is, I'm gonna have my dinner at seven o'clock with my family. Like that's non-negotiable, like set certain things that are going to be non-negotiables, but you're creating a process that is going to get you the success, but don't focus on the end goal of the weight loss or the muscle gain or whatever it is. Focus on the process because the process is ultimately going to deliver the result without you having to focus on it. I hate the scale humpers, no offense to everybody, but get off your scale. Stop focusing on that because it's just going to control your mind when you should be focusing on what's directly in front of you. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's like, we're going to get cut off. Dang it. 